0: welcome back to the coffee hour i'm sarah Golseth.
1: i'm eddie bates
0: it's monday it's monday it's augsburg confession day it is <laughs> the lutheran holiday
1: <laughs> one of many
0: <laughs> one of many apparently
1: but you know, according to professor lane it's not just the lutheran it's, it's catholic is... with a small c yes
0: Catholic with a small C.
1: Aren't we so quick to jump in there and make sure we clarify that's right. a small I C. I know. <laughs> I know. That's probably a different conversation.
0: Uh, we're we're uh, also studying uh, the Book of Genesis today in twelve minutes. So this will be fun.
2: <laughs> Genesis <laughs> in twelve minutes. All right, here we go. That's, Here's that's a challenge a
0: podcast. Uh, and in studio, uh, my pastor, which is really cool, uh, Reverend Dr. Kevin Golden from Village Lutheran Church in Ladue, Missouri. Welcome, Pastor. Good to be here. <laughs> um, so I'm uh, full disclosure. I'm cheating a little bit because this is actually our Bible study on Sunday mornings right
2: now, and that means I'm cheating because there wasn't a whole lot of prep. Because exactly. this is what i have been doing been, for a while. Been teaching <laughs> yes. this, yes.
0: But it was so fascinating. I was like, we have to share this.
1: So I have to ask then, how many weeks are you teaching this course on Genesis? Uh,
2: we shall see, because what well, we've been doing going about five weeks now, and I just wrapped up Genesis one.
1: So we're so going to pack this right...
2: into twelve minutes now, eleven minutes. Yeah. Yes. So I think
0: I think the proper question is how many years we're going to be studying Genesis actually yeah. yeah
2: so so it will pick up speed eventually <laughs> you'll uh, kind of swallow larger chunks at a time but uh yeah just kind of laying the foundation here for how to handle genesis as a whole and its blessings and such takes a yeah a little bit of an investment <laughs>
0: a fair bit of time so uh, genesis and and especially create the creation story um it's something that we learn about a lot. Probably one of the first Bible stories we learn about, you know, with Christmas and Easter, we learn about creation. Um, I, what I find fascinating, though, is that every time you um, study it, there's something new Um but is that is that a reason to study Genesis more? Are there other reasons to study Genesis sure, sure. more than yeah. just when you're yeah. little? Yeah. And kid. that's a
2: good reason to study anything in scripture because hey, uh, every time you open it up there is a new insight uh and even things maybe you picked up on before uh based upon what's going on in your own life has a new application, new significance for you. So reasons are plenty. One of those that I would just say is a cardinal reason to continually go back to Genesis, especially the creation account, is because this is foundational for the whole of the biblical narrative. So uh, if you want to understand how the whole of the biblical narrative runs, you got to understand how the whole thing starts. And you can see that very clearly that uh, so much, for example, of what Scripture has to say about the last day, about what's awaiting us in eternal life is uh, about a Description of a new creation. So if you want to understand the new creation, you need to understand the first creation, what the Lord did there, and then the fall into sin, which then necessitates a Savior, etc.
1: How is Genesis unique in the, the writing of Genesis, um, looking at the, the scriptures as a whole, and then and then zeroing in on Genesis? How is it unique? So,
2: I, I don't know if this is exactly what you're asking, Annie, but this is where <laughs> I'm going with it. All right. Because uh, this is one of my favorite things to do whenever I'm teaching Genesis, whether it be like in our Bible study. I've also had a chance to teach this a little bit on the seminary level and such. And I think uh, one of the most beautiful things about the creation narrative is when you you put it in comparison to competing explanations of creation both in uh, both when you go to ancient creation accounts uh, from other cultures. But then also, as you do it today with, essentially, it's not really an account of creation, but what you could call an account of uh, how everything got going, and that would be the (laughs) evolution account and such. And the biblical account is just so beautiful compared to all of those, because the others are, um, well, evolution, for example, it's contingent upon death. It's all about death and uh, how death is necessary so that you can have supposed uh, progression in the evolutionary process, whereas the biblical account is all about About life all right it's far more beautiful Um, the ancient uh, accounts also that were in the ancient world regarding creation do not hold a, a candle to the biblical account in part because of how it views not only who God is but also who humans are and the biblical account says first of all God is righteous but also that God is loving why does he create everything simply because he's a loving God and he wants objects for his love. And so, Sarah will remember, this is one of the things I hit on a bit, um, that if you want to understand why God created everything, take a look at 1 John chapter 4, a very famous passage, God is love. Now, God is love. Well, that is a wonderful passage, but it also asks for more information. Because if I say, I love, what are you waiting for? Ooh. Yeah, you need an object for Mm -hmm. my love. So I can say I love my wife, I love my children, I love my congregation, I love a medium rare ribeye, you know, (laughs) on down the line. So, you know, love requires an object. And so this is God. God is love. And so God desires an object, something to love. And that's what goes on with creation. Now here he has a creation whom he can love, but also this is why uh, the Lord delighted to create humans in his own image, because then as being in his image, he has a unique means by which he can love us um, along with the whole of creation. He loves his whole creation, but loves humans uniquely because we're in his image.
0: So fascinating.
2: Wow.
0: <laughs> uh, so you mentioned um that in order to understand uh like the book of Revelation, it helps to understand the book of Genesis. Um what else does the book of Genesis lead to in the Bible?
2: Everything. <laughs> it is a All first right, one. Next question. But but I especially uh again, this is uh when I, I teach this, I love to point out that um the very next book of the Bible, Exodus, you don't typically get this in your English translations, but in the Hebrew, it starts off with the, which is the Hebrew word and. So (laughs) the point there is this is a typical Hebrew way to show that Exodus is just continuing the narrative that began in the book of Genesis. So in many ways, what Genesis is doing is it's setting up saying, Let's tell you about this God who in the book of Exodus saves his people from slavery in Egypt. So you can understand why he would do that and such. So in other words, if a major thrust of the book of Genesis is that God is the one who creates his people, But not only creates them, he also promises that he will care for them, etc. Um, Then Exodus is all about the God who redeems his people. And so it points out that creation and redemption are tied together together. Without any way to pull them apart, they just go hand in hand and cannot be pulled apart, which for us creedal Christians is a wonderful thing because it's a reminder, first article of the creed, second article of the creed, the two cannot be pulled apart. The God who creates is also the God who redeems. The prophet Isaiah does this huge. Whenever Isaiah is talking about how God is going to redeem his people, he often puts it in terms of creation. So. Like Isaiah chapter 43, off the top of my head, he, uh, God talks about how he is the one who has created his people and therefore he's going to redeem his people. So you also get this with the gospel according to Saint John. Saint John's going to set forth the life and ministry of Christ, his work of redemption, salvation for us. So how does he get the whole thing going? In the beginning. Was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And so he starts it all off by going back to the beginning, back to creation to say, if you want to understand who Jesus is, if you want to understand his work of salvation, you've got to go to Genesis chapter one and following to understand how creation goes.
1: I'm going to go back to the, the writing style. You mentioned that, that Exodus starts with and, and you know, it's always going to be a good conversation when any conversation begins with and, you know, when your spouse walks in and another thing. Oh, I do that a lot. Oh yes. Uh-oh. When a conversation starts with that, you know that it's going to be good. Uh, the writing style. Um, uh, I understood it to be somewhat poetic more so than, than perhaps other books of the Bible. Can you speak to that for a moment? Yeah. Yeah. And,
2: uh, so the book of Genesis, yes, there's a great deal of poetry, and this is a, a wonderful thing about Hebrew in general, not only when it is strictly poetry, but also when there's prose, which a good chunk of Genesis is prose. Nevertheless, it's structured in a way so that uh, it has kind of a lot of poetic kind of structures to it. What, If you want the technical term, it's written it with small and very large-scale chiasms, uh, which kind of means you kind of do this thing, a. B, C, D, E, and then you back it out going D, C, B, A. So everything kind of has a, a tight structure that uh, in part is because in the ancient world that would become an easy way to help remember the account because it has that nice tight structure so that when uh, it wasn't as easy to have a written account of something right in front of you, you had to remember it, this is a way to do that. But also, it's very helpful, and this would be a whole nother discussion for us, <laughs> is that usually with those chiasms, whatever is at the center there, like I said, A, B, C, D, E, and then D, C, B, A, Yeah, that's how it goes, <laughs> um, whatever's at that center point, which, and as I was just describing, it would be that E, that's kind of the the kernel, the central point of the whole text.
0: What do we have? A minute left? Yes. All right. Uh,
2: <laughs> Genesis in a minute.
0: I uh, yeah. Oh, rocking and rolling. Uh, there's so many more questions. But um, are there? I mean, I have the joy of having you in Bible study, but for people who aren't uh, blessed to have a Genesis Bible study right now, are there um, there resources, are there books, uh, things from CPH, podcasts, things that people can use?
2: There's a lot of stuff out there. There are a lot of, you know, maybe individual kind of studies that CPH has available if you want to get into specific parts and such. What I think we will be greatly blessed is I understand um, Dr. David Adams from our St. Louis Seminary has been working working on the Genesis commentary. Mm. So I'm not sure what status or what point he is, whether that's uh, still ten years off or three years off or what it might be. <laughs> but uh he's he's a phenomenal scholar, so that will be a great blessing to the church. Um but yeah there's a lot of resources out there. Um some are better than others.
0: Yes. <laughs> Do you have a favorite?
2: Um
0: I know that's like
2: asking a yeah, favorite camera yeah, musician. Yeah, yeah. Um well you know, there is a standard uh resources the new international commentary on the old testament tends to have they have a high view of scripture. They miss out on a lot of uh theological sacramental elements that we would greatly appreciate though, uh, but nevertheless still a helpful resource.
0: All right. There we go. Reverend Dr. Kevin Golden, Village Lutheran Church in Ladou Missouri. Thanks for uh thanks for coming in and chatting today. Good to be here. Yeah.
1: I've learned so much. I know. And it was only 12 minutes.
0: Right? We did it. <laughs>
1: You're listening to Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates.
0: I'm Sarah Goldseth.
1: The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO, the listener-supported broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO radio, visit kfuo.org or text KFUO to 41444. KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Concordia University, Wisconsin in Mequon overlooks a half mile of
2: beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline.